Blog Talk Radio. Public. 
and uh, I had the pleasure of uh, being associated with some of his uh, uh, fellow devotees and disciples and students and colleagues uh, throughout the last 20 years. And it was one of the reasons why I became a vegetarian was by this association. But uh, none of this show I will share perhaps next week more about that. So, uh, indeed, he was mentioning that the meaning of compassion is unfretted by material restraints. The term material implies survival of the fittest based on who is more dominant and controlling and capable of manipulating others. Compassion is quite the opposite. It it is a spiritual trait which is based on selflessness and freedom from envy or any sense of proprietorship. It is not sentimental and it does not come and go with our feelings. When we are compassionate, we offer unmotivated and unconditional love to others freely making sacrifices on their behalf. Indeed, that's something to just reiterate again, that when we are compassionate, we offer unmotivated, unconditional love to others, freely making sacrifices on their behalf. And it's many of us who, as we know, are conditioned, or should I say conditional, with our love. If we don't get anything uh, from a person, we don't want to give anything back. If we don't get love from a person, we don't want to return love. We, we, especially in this day and age, in certain uh, ages of our generation, here in the Western Hemisphere, it's about me, 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 I, 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 and uh, I'm for myself. And without recognizing that the most indigenous communities especially those of us of African descent, when before we were um, brought here to this continent, uh, to this uh, Western Hemisphere, uh, for the most part, we lived in a very communal type of environment. Uh, we cared for each other because we recognized that uh, we are only as strong as the weakest link, that we were all interdependent upon one another. I am very optimistic that that trait is beginning to resurface. I think that uh, a lot of that uh, can be attributed to the current political uh, uh, conditions that are prevalent within this country with the advent of a uh, president of African descent and, of course, throughout the world, certain governments which were tyrannical and fascist and very self-serving have been overthrown within the last few years because of the uprising coming from uh, the youth coming from the young adult generation who were not c- c- uh, uh, complacent. So, and they're coming from a position also of compassion. So uh, Swami Krishnapad goes on to say that compassion is, uh, is spontaneous and has nothing to do with guilt, fear, or resentment. And if we offer help to others when we do not really want to, we are not motivated by compassion. In such cases, we feel compelled to act by the circumstances, offering ourselves grudgingly only because we have not found a way to escape. And, and by the situation, uh, the situation is entirely different when we give assistance to others in an exhilarated, joyful state of consciousness. 
That is true compassion. And if we profess to love God, we must also love his parts and apostles, all the living beings around us. A true devotee of the Lord is only interested in being servant to others, doing everyone as a manifestation of the Lord's energy. We can exude and uh, we cannot uh, exclude no one from the range of our love and compassion, because when we serve others, we are actually serving the Lord. That's very profound. Uh, it took me many years to understand that the Lord, God, is not a separate entity uh, uh, from ourselves, from each other. That we all are a part and parcel of of this magnificent, omnipotent aspect called God. Indeed, uh, we are uh, similar to like the flame of a candle, although it's not as powerful and doesn't have all the properties, but is uh, it has all the properties rather of the sun, although it is not as powerful. Uh, a drop of the ocean, uh, a thimble of of, uh, of the ocean, uh, is not as great and powerful as the ocean, but it still has all the properties of the ocean. So thus, as I've learned uh, as in, in association with devotees years ago, that uh, although we are not God in his, his entirety, or his, her enti- entirety, we are part and parcel of this energy called the Most High and, and called God. And, of course, God is uh, androgynous. Uh, well, it's he or she and she included. And uh, that's something that takes a lot of understanding in terms of recognizing uh, the meaning of compassion uh, and the love, unconditional love of each other because we're all apostle, part and parcel of the Most High. Uh, Swami Krishnapad goes on to say that material life is full of countless misfortunes, and if we are concerned only about our own comfort or even our own liberation, we're clinging to a selfish orientation and cannot attain the ultimate goal of loving association with the Lord and his kingdom. And if we develop the deep level of selflessness and compassion, then we become genuine servants who can share divine love with everyone, regardless of our circumstances. And as we encounter those who are suffering, the blind, the handicapped, the ill, the homeless, the imprisoned, the abused, or those forced to flee their homes, for example, we love them so much that we want to take their burdens on ourselves to free them from their pain. I must take a break and say hello to my wife. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? I'm great, thank you. It's nice to have you here with me in the studio. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. Yes, yes, indeed. And I must also acknowledge my, my dear sister. One of my sisters, Donis, is on the line. And uh, she's one of the most compassionate um, uh, people in, in my in my life. Uh, she's always been one to give. I sometimes would complain to her that she's, you know, giving too much. Uh, not too much, but she needs to take care of herself and family and 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 and, uh, and, 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 and hold that energy as much as possible so that she's empowered. But again, you know, she's a, a typical example of one who gives unselfishly in spite of her not having uh, the energy to uh, sustain herself at times. So, uh, and she's actually the, uh, uh, the the matriarch of the family, 
I guess I might be considered to be the patriarch of some sorts. But uh, at any rate, uh, I, I take off my kufi to all the women in my life, and especially my wife, in terms of uh, her compassion for giving unselfishly um, and, and without looking for anything in return at many times. Um, so we all have examples around us, and then... And we always strive to delve within our uh, inner soul, uh, our inner selves, to exemplify that uh, level of uh, unselfish and uh, unending compassion and service to others. As we know, as I mentioned earlier, as we serve others, we're serving the Lord, because that's where the Lord resides within each and uh, each and every one of us. Swami Krishnapad goes on to state that compassion is not condescending. As mentioned earlier, we should all seek to become expressions of love and action, looking for every chance to serve. However, we should be careful about our mood of service. And he states that sometimes uh, people have a way of parading their own supposedly evolved position by offering health with a condescending attitude that implies, you can't cope, but look at how well I can handle this situation. We should never simply tolerate others or feel pity from a self-professed superior vantage point. Compassion is not about approaching others with the mentality of, I'm going to be kind for you, or I'm going to show you how good I am. Such attitudes are nonsense and are the opposite of compassion. Our attitude should be, I am your God, brother. I am your God, sister. I am your loving associate, and I see that you are wounded. It is my desire and my duty to assist you. And as we discussed in the previous chapter, uh, we should view the other person's difficulty as a call for help, a call for our love, compassion, and service. Nobody wants to experience pain, confusion, or anxiety, and even people who seem attached to confusion simply want attention. In other words, they want love. So when we evaluate each situation from this deeper perspective, we can more easily maintain, or should I say, remain undisturbed by another's hostile or inconsiderate behavior. We can say to ourselves, oh, uh, yeah, this person needs love, and the the Lord has given me a chance to do some service. Let me see how I can help. And when we think in this way, we are less tempted to merely tolerate the other person's weaknesses. And actually, if we help other people without feeling compassion, they will only superficially benefit. Communication between people occurs more powerfully you know, on the subtle than the gross level. The feelings that we hold back are the ones that we communicate the most strongly. And therefore, the only person realizes, even if unconsciously, that we are just trying to demonstrate our superior wisdom and self-control. The recipient of our assistance will not feel uplifted because the help is not genuine. Although this nonverbal communication of feeling can work in a negative way, as just described, it can also serve as a positive function, and that is if we act out of a genuine desire to help, share, and grow, then even 
if one's ego tries to blot out our good intentions, on some level the message will get through. And at a later time, if not immediately, the person will be able to respond. All right, we have about 15 minutes left, and I'm going to uh, see if I can finish up this, this theme of, of compassion. And I hope those of you who are uh, listening and tuning in on the chat room have found this to be uh, uh, very uh, refreshing and uh, revealing and uh, informative. I, I, for one, have. Uh, here's something that's very interesting. In, in terms of uh, dealing with compassion, uh, that it requires a lot of courage. Because a lot of us, I know in my particular journey in life, a lot of people, especially among men, uh, you know, we, we feel like we have to maintain a very tough and uh, very uh, uh, strong uh, exterior, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, maintaining the swagger. You know, maintaining the the, uh, the the manhood image, as it were, and compassion doesn't fall into that room with many of us, unfortunately, until we get older. And sometimes, of course, it happens when we have children. It happens when we uh, commit ourselves to a significant other. You know, uh, get married. Then, of course, we're forced to, if we expect to maintain the relationship, to show some level of compassion. And uh, as, Krishna, as Swami Krishnapad was stating in this uh, particular part of his chapter of the spiritual warrior and compassion, that compassion at times does require courage. He states that compassion goes beyond ideas of I and mine, and uh, mine being this is mine, and transcends notions of material comfort and security. When we practice compassion, we have no interest in power of any kind, not even psychic or mystic power. Forgetful of ourselves, indifferent to personal loss or gain, we feel the suffering of others so deeply within our own hearts that we dedicate ourselves to doing something about it, and this requires great courage. The innumerable problems in the world today require powerful spiritual soldiers who can move through heavily level, uh, heavy levels of contamination without being affected. And such warriors can help people who feel alone, abandoned, helpless, or hopeless, and who go to bed in misery or who wake up in fear, and to know that God loves them and that there is hope. And I think uh, uh, one of the things I'm always alluding to is the, the act of war. We know that you know we have soldiers on both sides, those who are warring amongst one another, uh, the antagonists, the protagonists, you know, and the soldiers, for the most part, they're showing, they exemplifying courage uh, with showing their compassion for their country, for their family, for their community, and defending uh, the above mentioned. Uh, and sometimes, of course, we hear stories where they will sacrifice their life, a soldier in, in Mardian War, uh, uh, falling on top of a grenade to save the rest of the uh, uh, the soldiers, uh, members of his particular troop, a uh, group of soldiers. Um, many uh, uh, tales and stories of heroism and cheaterism uh, being exemplified. And of course, again, uh, the mother uh, sacrificing her health 
by giving birth to a child, and and also uh, if the child is in danger, uh, sacrificing her life, putting it in jeopardy to save the child. That love and compassion could never be uh, replicated by another type of entity. Uh, so, uh, indeed, I was about to. I was thinking as I was talking about the World Trade Center, 9/11. Uh, we had 3,000-plus people who perished in that uh, tragedy, but there was such an act of heroism uh, of men and women who sacrificed their own safety and health by going to what was so-called ground zero. Now, I won't get into the political aspects of why it happened, how it happened, and so forth, but we're just really delving in the, the aspect of the concept of compassion. We were able to tune into uh, the television, turn it on every day, during the day and night, and uh, just witness uh, the unselfish love and unselfish uh, service of the one human being, or a group of human beings, to another uh, during that period of 9-11 uh, and uh, uh, 2001. So just that rivet, that riveted, uh, that that image was riveted, has been riveted in my mind. And occasionally when I'm in the Wall Street area, I think about it, and I know that um, millions of other people have that on their minds throughout the day, uh, each and every day. So I just thought I'd share that aspect of the essence of compassion uh, in, in within our modern and most recent time. Um, so he goes on to, to state, Swishna uh, Prabhupada, that is, stating that uh, have you imagined that uh, what it might be like to be blind. Life for the blind can be extremely difficult, he states, and because so much of what we do requires sight, they are often forced to depend on others, that's blind people, or often forced to depend on others who can see for assistance. And when they are especially desperate for help, uh, people may ignore them or even abuse them. And if we want to become transcendental and develop qualities that lead us back to God, we must experience compassion for such persons. We must be willing to make sacrifices so that they can have a better situation in life, even if it means that we are renouncing our own security and comfort. Could we possibly see ourselves taking someone else's place to free that person from blindness? What would it be like to have impaired speech? Visualize yourself unable to express yourself in words. And I personally can't allude to that, and, and I'm not going to get into that this evening, but at one time I had a stutter. I mean, I, I stuttered profusely, but if it wasn't for me going to speech therapy at Columbia University uh, Teachers College for about three or four years, if it wasn't for me embracing yoga, uh, hatha yoga and uh, bhakti yoga, well, hatha yoga actually, and breathing exercises, and then, of course, prayer and disaffirmations, to this day, I wouldn't be able to actually um, conduct this show. So all praises to the Most High. Oh, God is good. I give thanks. I give thanks. I give thanks. So, uh, indeed, I didn't think that I would be reading this, uh, this part, and it just brought me to a certain level of compassion uh, to, towards those who were in my life to assist me so that I could uh, be able to speak fluently and with uh, a degree of clarity uh, that allows me to have a talk show on Block Talk Radio. So he goes on to state that can you feel deeply the inner frustration 
that this situation would produce, and that is he talks about in his parrot speech. He says that, uh, how ready are you to take such a person's place? Is it this level of self? It is this level of selfless love that determines your readiness to return back home to the kingdom of God. We have all visited people confined to bed with a serious illness or unable to walk because they have become helpless invalids. Uh, since they cannot take care of themselves, they have to depend on others to feed them, bathe them, and sometimes even take them to the toilet. Such dependence can be very humbling. And in some situations, so-called friends and family members resent these persons, considering them to be heavy burdens because of their need for constant monitoring and assistance. And then he goes on to state that frequently these persons create such difficulties that even their close relatives feel a sense of relief when they pass on. And family members may, may be just waiting, hoping that that period will come. And then... Is your compassion for those souls so strong that you'll be ready for, to exchange places to free them from their torment? He states on about the homeless. Homelessness is a problem throughout the United States and around the world, even in Washington, D.C., he states, the nation's capital. Many people are huddled on the sidewalks, on grates, or in doorways, and at all times of the year and in all extremes of weather. And at the end of the day, these people have no family to console them, no refuge. As a constant, think of, uh, uh, as a contrast, think of your own life. In the morning, you leave your comfortable home for your job or other activities, and at the end of the day, you come back to spend the evening with your family or those close to you. Loved ones give us a purpose in life, infusing us with enough strength to go back out again the next day to meet new challenges. But imagine those who have no work, no home, and no family. When such people finally find a place to rest on the street, children may stone them or the police may arrest them. And whatever we, whenever we pass by, we, we may advert our glance or at most offer, offer them a quarter. It is, it is our compassion, or is it our compassion strong enough to allow us to feel their sadness and their misfortune? I know many people will pass people like that, homeless I'm talking about, and say, you know, why are you asking me for money? Why don't you get a job? You look healthy enough. You sound intelligent enough. But they have no knowledge of what that person is going through. They don't know that that person, that gentleman, may have been a, a war veteran. And he's lost his mind because of the horror, the heart of darkness, as Joseph Conrad talks about in the heart of darkness, he saw things that we can never imagine. Or he did things that were unmanageable, and he's just mentally in part. And whatever condition he may, she or he may be under, we have to not be uh, assumptive. We cannot assume, make assumptions, such as stated in uh, uh, the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Juarez, um, which I've shared in earlier shows. So, yes, you have to be mindful that many people are so fearful and tense and competitive these days that they rebel in someone else's misery, feeling better when they feel, when they find someone whose condition is worse than their own. And if a calamity befalls a friend, they may offer words of sympathy and encouragement, but in their inner consciousness, they are glad to have escaped 
such a faith themselves. And such an attitude is indicative of material consciousness. When our compassion is so strong that we are ready to take a homeless woman's, woman's place to free her from her torment, then we will be eligible for entry into the spiritual world and not before. And then he goes on to state, and I'll be very brief at this, uh, those who are in confinement. It is a sad commentary on American society that many citizens have become lawful, leading a material, natural life, non-material, natural life. And I will talk about that at the next episode, the next show, uh, about those of African descent, those of us who have, there's something almost 2 million men in our penal system here in the United States, and that is unconscionable. And a lot of that is a result of uncompassioned uh, attitudes within the family, within the community. 60 seconds. So I thank you for tuning in this evening, and I must end as I begin by giving thanks uh, to the Most High. And I do thank the dear Lord, the Most High. Uh, we give this evening to you. May our minds stay, stay centered on the things of spirit and goodness, and may we not be tempted to stray from love. And as we begin this week, we open to receive you, and please enter where you already abide. And may our minds and hearts be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness. May we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the mask we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. We surrender to you our doings this evening and for the rest of the week. And I bid all of you farewell. Namaste. Hetapu. Ten seconds. All my relations, I look forward to you visiting us again. God bless.